Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the WatchRolling.com podcast, a veteran-owned podcast that focuses on watch collecting with the goal of helping veterans. My name is Jason, and I'm your host. If you're new to the pod, welcome, and if you're returning, welcome back. Episode 31 is brought to you by Mushi Watch Straps. Mushi Watch Straps is a veteran-owned business and provides well-built and fairly-priced NATO straps, two-piece straps, leather and canvas straps, as well as watch tools, accessories, and storage. Make sure to use the code VET10 at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's Victor Echo Tango 10 at checkout for 10% off your entire order. I will also include a link to Mushi Watch Straps in the show notes. And they can be found at www.mushiwatchstraps.com. Also, uh, one quick update. I'm going to include a note to the Veterans Watchmakers Initiative, actually a link in the show notes of every episode going forward. I realize I never had a link in there, uh, and I think that kind of stinks because, you know, if you ever have the opportunity to donate or just check out the website, you can. But I'm also include the donation link in there uh, if you want to donate to the school. And for those of you who don't know, I'm going to do a, another refresher episode soon on the Veteran Watchmakers Initiative, as well as a follow-on post to kind of tell everybody this is something I'm going to do periodically because I don't want anyone to forget about the VWI and and the good work they do for veterans and the opportunities they help they have for disabled veterans to earn a living in a, in a field they might really enjoy. I mean, it's a pretty cool school. So don't forget there'll be a link to the Veterans Watchmakers Initiatives in the show notes. Check them out. This week, we're going to discuss some current info that's been updated for the VA PACT Act. And I'm also going to cover the Abingdon Company and their Charitable Foundation. And the Abingdon Company is a watch company that I had heard about them a little bit before, but then I actually got to meet the owner and founder and a couple of the spokespeople at the Wind Up Watch Fair. And it was pretty awesome. So I'd like to cover the, the company and their ethos and all that stuff. And then also their charitable foundation because it's pretty cool and I think you'll appreciate it. All right, but first in veteran affairs, let's talk about the latest update that came out about the VA PACT Act. And this was as of November 7th. I am currently recording this on November 10th, 2022. Uh, quick respite, uh, happy birthday to all, to all you Marines out there, November 10th, 1775. Uh, two battalions of Marines were founded by Captain Samuel Nicholas in Tunn's Tavern, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And ever since then, they've been, you know, the tip of the spear for us and uh, expeditionary and doing all that stuff. So to all the Marines I know and all the Marines I've never met, just thank you for everything you've had to put up with uh, since 1775. It's been pretty tough. But keep going in veterans news. So as of November 7th, so the, the article talks about as of tomorrow, which would have been November 8th, all veterans that are enrolled in VA healthcare will be eligible for new toxic exposure screenings. And the VA, you know, calls this a big step in implementing the PACT app. I mean, which it is, you got to get screened in order to, to use any of that stuff. And in a, a great world, no one's been exposed and no one has to worry about it. But I personally know someone that's went and got the test and they have certain things in their blood. And so I'm on tap to go get my appointment here soon to get mine and knowing some of the stuff that I worked around, I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't have some stuff in there, but let's just talk about the article real quick and we'll go on from there. So the VA and the medical centers and clinics across the country are going to offer veterans a new toxic exposure screening. So these screenings are a key part of the PACT Act. It's just like anything else you have to give some information first in order for anything to get done, but this will help the VA give 
uh, care and benefits to, they say, millions of toxic exposed veterans and their survivors. So between you and me, that means they must know something or have an idea. Uh, screening should only take five to 10 minutes, and they're going to ask veterans questions like if you believed you were ever exposed to anything toxic while serving in our forces. And then if you answer yes, then you can answer specific questions about specific exposures, stuff like burn pits, Agent Orange, radiation, contaminated water, et cetera. Uh, just for an example, I was in a building in a country one time, and I sat in that building for almost seven months. And, you know, just from having been an engineer in the Navy, I noticed that there was pipes that were blank flanched off. There was gauges that uh, were full of liquid. And anytime a gauge has liquid in it, by design, it, it handles some pretty serious pressures and stuff. And there was a giant part of the c cement bulkhead or wall for civilians that had been cut out like they moved something big out of there. And then they put the wall back. So that was always interesting. But anyways, I digress. So if you're a veteran, you're enrolled in VA healthcare. Again, you're going to be offered this initial toxic exposure and then follow-up screenings at least once every five years. And they feel that's an important uh, way to kind of gauge what's going on. And, and it is. I mean, if, if you did have something in your blood, I think they should be checking you every more than every five years. But it says at least every five years. So I just infer by that, like, if... If you have a little bit, maybe it's five years, but if you have some serious thing, you might want to check it a little bit more. And then veterans who report concerns about ex uh, toxic exposures, they're going to hook you up with information, clinical resources and benefits, and they really want to get to the bottom of the problem for whatever you're dealing with and help you out with it. And then don't forget that if you're a veteran, you can ask about receiving a screening at your next VA primary care provider appointment. If you don't have a PCM or a primary care team or wish to be screened sooner, then just contact a local facility and ask to be screened by the toxic exposure screening navigator. And then the VA began a pilot program about this on September 6th. And since then, according to the VA, they screened more than 19,000 veterans and found a 37% concern of exposure among those veterans. Now I'm not going to try to influence anybody in any way, but I'll simply state this. Like for me, having been a firefighter in the Navy, you know, we have aqueous film forming foam. It's a, it's a firefighting agent and all the time. Like on my first ship, which was a rather large ship, a little bit, but on my second ship and third ship, the smaller ones, all the time. I was around EFFF all the time. There's nothing you could really do to get away from it. So that's just one thing to, to consider, you know. So if you, if you think you had any running at all or anything like that, it's better to get screened to know than, than find out when it's too late if it's causing you problems. So some other links I've included. I've included the public health page from the Department of Veteran Affairs, and there's a specific military exposure page that I'll have a link in the notes for you to use. And there's so much stuff on this page. I'm just going to skim through it because I, you know, like I said, I don't want to read it verbatim because we'll be here forever, but they discuss military exposures. There's a newsletter you can sign up for. There's a section where it says four ways to find exposures. So, you know, whether it's agent orange related diseases, Gulf war veterans, illness, radiation related diseases, vaccinations and medications, there's a link for more concerns. There's another way like war and operations. So Operation Enduring Freedom, which was Afghanistan, the Iraq War, OIF and OND, the Gulf War, Vietnam War, and then exposure categories. So chemicals, radiation, air pollutants, occupational hazards, warfare agents. So the chemicals are Agent Orange, contaminated water, radiation, nuclear weapons, x-rays, air pollutants, burns, pits, smoke, dust, occupational hazards, stuff like asbestos and lead. I know my first ship was an old aircraft carrier and there was pipes all over the place. And I was put on the asbestos monitoring program because one of my first jobs when you're a newbie in the Navy and I didn't really have a job. I was a non-rate for those of you that were in 
we did lagging. So a lot of times, which is insulation for piping and stuff, we would take it off and it, it would have asbestos in it. So, and then warfare agents like chemical and biological weapons, and there's exposure topics A through Z. It's a really well-built page if I'm, if I'm being honest. I mean, it, it, it's pretty user-friendly. It seems intuitive to use. There's a registration, a registry evaluation section, a healthcare services, and they're all links, research studies. So a bunch of military exposure related research study guides, and then some publications and report reports. And then there's some provider resources in the bottom if you are a provider. Um, if you're a provider and listen, and you listen to the podcast, thank you. Uh, I'd love to get your, if, if, if you have any insight on this, uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. But those are the links I'm going to include in the show notes. I'm also going to include the VA toxic exposure screening information. That's so much that I can't really cover it in this show and keep it uh, streamlined for the sake of brevity. But I'll include that link as well and the whole entire link for the VA PACT Act. So just to kind of recoup what we talked about, on November 8th, they made it eligible for you to get screened. I highly recommend that if you have VA care, just go get the screening. Uh, so many of us, you know, whether you're on a ship or in the desert, I mean, you name it, we're probably exposed to something. So just get it checked out for your own health and safety and some peace of mind for your family. And then I covered the public health military exposures page that's on the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs website. And I'll include all that stuff as well as in the show notes. So the VA PACT Act, some stuff's been incorporated. Uh, I think that this VA webs, the webpage for the military exposures and the four ways to find exposures looks looks pretty thoroughly thought out and, and vetted. So I, I invite you to go use it. And now in watch-related news, I want to talk about the Abingdon Company. That's just the name on short. Uh, it's a company I ran across at the Warner at the Windup Watch Fair, uh, hosted by Warner Round in New York City a couple of weeks ago. And I couldn't have been more impressed with this company. The leadership was there, Abingdon, the, the owner and creator of the watch company. And uh, another pilot, which is interesting because that means they're both pilots, uh, named Diana, who was a lead spokesman that me and my buddy T talked to. And so I'd like to tell you a little bit about the watch company, uh, the one particular timepiece that I got to handle, and I'll put a link in there with that, and then their foundation, and then some of the stuff their foundation produces. I think I think you'll find it really, really interesting. I, I was absolutely blown away just by the overall professionalism, the energy they had for their brand and their foundation uh, as well. And then just, uh, it's just, it, it's pretty cool. Watch brand designed for women by women. And what, what they were trying to do, the nutshell of what I got from talking to them before I cover some of what's on their webpage, is that they want to make serious quality watches, tool watches for adventurous women. So for women who do stuff like flying, scuba diving, brace jumping, motocross, waist guard driving, shooting, etc., all stuff not considered quote unquote traditionally uh, available for women. And they strive to do more. And this is what they're trying to build. They're trying to build a, a watch brand and a community for women that enjoy these kind of things. There's a quote from Abingdon Mullen, the CEO, who she says, when you wear an Abingdon watch, you become part of the crew. A community of strong women who live life to the fullest. The women who wear an Abingdon watch, they're kind of a big deal. And I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Just talking to Abingdon and Diana there at the thing, and, and they were going about the foundation and how they're both pilots and how they both have thousands of hours in different planes. Um, it was insane. Like I was like, oh, man, this is so cool. The Abingdon company was founded in 2006 between a bunch of women who were at a roundtable dinner conversation. And they were women pilots and mechanics. And... Abingdon and all her colleagues were just having a discussion about how they wanted a fully functional aviator's watch, but something that was made for women. And that's in that moment, Abingdon decided to form the company. So 
the conversation just wasn't when, according to their story, wasn't just the moment that the watch was actualized. It was the birth of their company ethos. And I can tell you just by talking to them at the windup, I mean, you can tell it was probably, and this is saying something, in a room full of some very energetic, passionate watch brands and people who, you know, were the owners or founders of the watch brands, they they stood apart for me. Not that not in a negative way for anybody else either. Just about how just how jazzed they were about the Abingdon Watch Company and their foundation. And so they're based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's sunny. For those of you who don't know, there's a lot of flying that goes on in that area because the weather's so good. It's kind of dry. Uh, there's wide open spaces. You can fly all day. They are, you know, serious about the builds of their timepieces. They like to use a lot, you know, surgical grade stainless steel, which is an industry standard. Sapphire crystals, Japanese and Swiss movements. When I look at their timepieces, for which you get, they're very fairly priced, well-priced. And, and handling the Amelia, which is the first watch I got to handle by them, uh, it was pretty pretty special. And so the CEO of the company, the owner of the company is Abby Nan Mullen. And she is the second person we talked to. The first person we talked to was Diana. And she was an Air Force pilot. And she flew big old planes of like the C-5s and C-9s, if I remember correctly. And I'm pretty well-versed in planes, but uh, not Air Force planes so much. And and then we got to speak to Abby, and she was behind their table where all the timepieces were laid out. And a little history about her, you know, she's from, she was born in England. She was raised in California. She was really adventurous and had an adventurous spirit from the young age. She was interested in aviation ever since she was young. And, you know, she did some Peace Corps work, according to her bio. And then at 22 years old, she went and got a private pilot certificate. And to date, she has over 4,000 hours logged in over 80 different aircraft from the little small Piper Cubs all the way up to an Airbus A320, which is a huge, big old passenger deck. And she just brings this whole spirit into the watch brand, into the company. And I think it's pretty infectious. I mean, you can tell because she's been she's been featured and her brand's been featured on you know Discovery Channel. And she's been on some YouTube channels and just the, the words getting out there. And so the one watch that I got to handle was the Amelia watch. I mean, this is a watch segment after all, so I kind of like to discuss that. The Amelia watches, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's uh, its every bit a pilot's watch in the very best sense of the term. Uh, I have a Seiko Flightmaster SNA 411. It's a beautiful watch. And everyone that's ever had a pilot's watch, for the, for the newer watch enthusiasts, there are a lot of quote-unquote complications a pilot's watch you should be able to judge you know speed and fuel consumption and etc cetera, etc cetera, all these different things uh sometimes you can gauge your direction and so a, a, a pilot's watch is going to have a much busier dial you know kind of think another pilot's watch that a lot of people are familiar with our flieger but those are older from world war ii german uh, a, a more modern pilot's watch will have a bunch of stuff on there and the amelia watch I mean, I'm just going to tell you how much it costs first. On the website, $419. I can't even believe that. The all-white version, uh, it's beautiful. It's white. The dial's white. They have a black version. They have a steel version, which, which has a white dial. And then they have a gold version, which is a little bit more at $769. But beautiful Pilot's watch. And just some of the specs on this thing. It's got a Ronda 505.24 hertz Swiss quartz movement, GNT date function forehand. A 40 millimeter case size. So that is a case size that my wife loves. She loves 39 and she loves 40, uh, especially if the lug to lug is not that great. And we've discussed lug to lug before and 
funny, Abingdon puts the lug to lug on their spec sheet, which is pretty cool. 48 millimeters. So that's not too bad. You know, 47 is kind of small. 48 is pretty good. Uh, I think 50 lug to lug is you're kind of getting to the point to where you need a larger wrist like me. Case thickness, 13.2. Standard stainless steel stuff on the case. Water resistance, 10 atmospheres. And then it has it has two non-screw locked double casket grounds. And then the dial and crystal, it's got a painted brass dial. Sapphire crystal, Subaru Luminova, index and hands. Uh, 20 millimeters in the band, so you can switch out straps in this all you want. And quick release spring bars, which is a pretty snazzy little thing. I mean, the more and more I, I, I see quick release spring bars, the more I like them. And that's just one watch. There, there's a whole line of watches. They got so much. They have watches by activity. The watches are named after famous women. There's Amelia, the Jackie, the Elise, Catherine, Marina, Nadia, Jordan, and Jane. Uh, they also have some accessory bands and some accessory boxes. But the one thing I really want to talk about is the foundation. So the Abingdon Foundation. It's a certified Nevada-based 501c3 charity. Uh, it's a whole charitable foundation that wants to empower women. To the Abingdon Foundation was formed in 2018. They help provide full paid trips to women for events in the steam industry, stuff like there's a women in aviation conference, the Heli Expo, Women in Technology International, or International Shot Show, and and they use these conferences as a backdrop to be able to get women in there and help them out, and that's how they build a community. And they also have a scholarship program, so it's it's called the It's About Time sponsorship, and it's it's overseen by the Abingdon Foundation, and they award full paid trip to a steam industry conference for women of 18 years or older, and it also allows women to have, you know, access to seminars and networking opportunities. And it just seems like a really cool thing. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm a guy, but it would have been cool if, I don't even know if we have something like this. I, I I didn't know about it if we do, but I think it's great for women to have it too. And they, they just give back the foundation through scholarships and the scholarships can be, you know, across a whole line of things. In 2021, a, a Katarina Sekulska, she won the scholarship and it was for a painting she called women in steam and it's a beautiful portrait that she painted they do some outreach and they speak at schools keynote speakers at webinars online training and they've spoken in media outlets uh, about steam opportunities for girls and women so you know you can find them sometimes at schools air shows museums conferences tech seminars all these cool things and They've also get invited for stuff like interviews, mentoring, and guest experts at events. So once I started doing interviews, I'd really like to have the Abingdon Foundation on to talk about that. And then the, the third way is the brilliant books, and I'm going to touch on more on that in a second. But they are awesome activity books available on Amazon for $9.99. I'll put the link in my show notes. It's not an affiliate link. I don't get any money for it. But they're just workbooks. My takeaway from seeing them are steam games that really help young women understand how they can apply steam in their everyday life when they become adults and i'll be honest with you for me as a kid when they push science and stuff the one thing that i felt was always missing when i look back as an adult was they never related it to the stuff i was going to do as an adult it was just learning the theory for theory's sake it wasn't like if you learn this you could do this kind of thing and i think that would have helped me because I really did love science when I was younger, but it helps young women. Their books help young women understand the fundamental areas that will create the future, advance business and build character and solve issues that challenge uh, students in the world, according to their books. So they need to run, quote unquote, hashtag full steam ahead in life. And, and these books will help them do it. 
The number four way is uh, just through networking, Abingdon Foundation board members, crew members, and past scholarship winners at a variety of events. And it's like anything else you do. I mean, the Wind Up Watch Fair was a networking event. I got to meet some people that uh, I never would have met in person otherwise. Uh, I got to meet some people that I had been working with online. I finally got to meet in person. So they just have networking events. So if you go to one of these Abingdon Foundations, I mean, I think if I was a, if a young woman who was interested in being a pilot, I mean, think about it. You're around a bunch of pilots that are women. You could ask all these questions and do all this cool stuff and get and get a lead on what you want to do for a career. I think that's important. It is really important to be able to see someone who's doing something that you want to do. It makes it a lot more realistic. I mean, maybe that's why I went in the military because everybody in my family was in the military. Not, you know, I knew I could do it. They did it. Number five, engagement. They just want to engage women everywhere to help evolve their passions about what it is they want to do for careers and lifestyles. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know, have anyone hindered by tradition or, or any of their limitations. So, and they want to do that through steam, which I think is a great thing. I think, I think it's a very practical thing. You know, it's STEM. I like the fact that they added a to STEM. So they talk about the arts because a lot of times stuff that you do is, you know, I, I know people that are really engineering is what I call them, but when you watch them work, there's very, creative processes that flow through them. And some could all could call it artistic if they wanted to. And that's the Abington Company, the Abington Foundation. Again, all the links will be in the show notes. If you have a young woman in your life, or if you're a woman, I just, I, I, I don't know what it's like to be a woman, but I just recommend you checking out the page because it's pretty awesome. And uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a pilot, right? Like when I was a little kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. And uh, that didn't turn out, but you never know if some young lady wants to be a pilot and eventually become an astronaut. That'd be awesome. So we talked about the Abington Company, the Abington Foundation, who they are, what they do. And I think it's it's definitely worth checking out. And I appreciate you tuning into episode 31. Uh, we're, 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 we're kicking down the road. I'm pretty excited about this. It's nice to get back to recording. Uh, next week, I'll be releasing episode 32. Uh, this week's positive affirmation. The great band outcast once said, you know, you got to get up, get out and get something. And... I've been thinking about that an awful lot the last couple of weeks. And if there's something that you've wanted to do and you haven't done it, do it, make a plan, go knock it out. And when you finish it, pat yourself on the back and then get ready to go accomplish something else. And remember at watchrolling.com, you make the watch. The watch doesn't make you.